almost a month into 2021 and already there is a lot of change going on. Now this month, normally kind of slow for new releases, but that hasn't stopped some pretty decent songs from coming out. The real question though is, which of these songs will be hits? Let's find out in the music meeting this week on the Tim Gavin Show with a special guest. So we're getting near the end of January. We have a lot of new releases and a very special guest with us this week. Uh, joining us from the Glad You Came podcast and a good friend, Bailey Parker. Hey, what thank up? you so much for having me, Tim and Scott. Happy no to problem. be here. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I've Glad been, I I've came, some might say. All right. Yeah, he's just like, you. screw you guys. <laughs> he's like, you stomped on my intro with your joke. How very dare you? Yeah. <laughs> but thank you so much for having me, Tim. It's great to be here. And yeah, it's great to be able to work together in this sense and talk about some new music. I'm really excited. For sure. Oh, yeah. And we got some really good stuff, I think, this week. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of kind of slow stuff I've found going through the new music. A lot of that post-disco sound that you've kind of hear, heard over the last few years, too. Mm-hmm, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And when we kick things off, this is actually kind of um, a, a flip, I guess, from uh, the big single that Parker McCollum did have called Pretty Heart that uh, was serviced out to Canadian radio last year and just radio in general. Uh, to Be Loved By You is his latest single and completely different vibe than the slow ballady stuff that we had already come to know from him. Yeah, but I I, I kind of like the direction that it's going on. It reminds me a little bit of Tim McGraw. Yeah, just a little bit. He he does try to keep that traditional country feel while modernizing it at the same time. And I guess you kind of have to do that when you're from Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like his first name. That's really all I can say about this song because I'm not a country <laughs> music fan. Just... Sorry about I know. it. It's it's hard. It's hard to commentate on like some stuff. Like I, I have a hard time with country stuff too, because like, I don't really like it that much either, but you know, ever since Scott's moved over to a country station, he's, he's been trying to get me into it. Yeah. I, I mean, and this is why it's so great to have this, uh, this wide range with the three of us now, because Tim's on rock. I'm on country Bailey. You're on top 40. So yep. we get, we get all those different uh, mindsets, I guess. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to shit on the country music and then okay. y'all can have your turn to shit on the pop music and it'll be a great time. Also, I guess wonderful, I, wonderful. I guess I should have asked, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh yeah, because... totally. Fuck yeah. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We do all the time. Great. Yeah. We, we got we got to have some outlet for our foul language being in radio. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So another one that we had, uh, The Pretty Reckless, of course, led by uh, the the actress from Gossip Girl, Taylor Momsen. Really interesting that um, she went into rock music, been at this for a while. I'm really interested in hearing more like because like every time I hear The Pretty Reckless, it just gets a little bit better each time. And Tom Morello's guitar solo on here just amazing this is the one on the list that i actually went back and listened to a second time normally i just do one listen through because there is a big list that we get sent but this i went back and listened to a second time the first time because i was paying attention more to the lyrics i thought the lyrics and her voice just stood out but then i was like you know what i missed something completely here and that was the guitar riffs oh yeah 
And I had to do that too, because like my first time around listening to this song, I, I kind of felt like almost like her singing didn't match up with the music somehow. But I, it, once I gave it a couple more listens, then it really kind of stuck with me. I did really love the vocal, the vocals on this. And I uh, was reminded of the fact that she used to be Jenny Humphrey on Gossip Girl. And I'm like, wow, her voice sounds a lot lower. So I went all the way back to the first song that the Pretty Reckless ever put out. It's similar, but she's definitely, I don't know if it's just age, maybe she smoked a couple cigarettes, but she's got this great gravelly quality to her voice now that I think fits the genre of the music that she's now in. Whereas before it was kind of like, oh, she's this really cute little girl doing these gritty songs. But I now think she's got the grit and maturity behind it to actually carry that music. I think so too. And it, it does take a lot of practice to really get that kind of like gravelly kind of voice. I'm not sure if it's just like, like you said, you know, age or cigarettes, but you know, it's, it does take a lot of work to do, to get there too. Yeah. Kudos to whoever her vocal coaches are. Oh, they're for really, sure. they're putting in the work. hundred percent. And then uh, and... Tim McGraw and Tyler Hubbard uh, with undivided. Now, Here's the thing, and I hate to say this, but I think Tyler Hubbard sings better on this track than Tim McGraw. It's like <laughs> Tim can't get into that Florida Georgia line vibe at all. I kind of feel that way too. And this is coming from someone who hates hearing Tyler Hubbard's voice. <laughs> and I mean, they got to make it patronizing once again in this song. <laughs> yeah, that was the first thing I noticed. At first when I started listening to it, I was like, okay, it's another Tim McGraw song. That sounds like a Tim McGraw song. But then when I started listening to the lyrics that they're like, let's all come together and forget everything that have happened over the last four years. And it's like, Fuck off, Tim McGraw. As <laughs> right? an able-bodied cis white man, sure, it's easy for you to forget everything that's happened over the last four years, but we can't just forgive and forget what's happened. Just because Joe Biden has been inaugurated, it doesn't mean we have to like forget and reset everything that's happened. And, and it's if not going to go away right away. <laughs> no, and if we do, we're just going to set things further and further back. Like I saw this great tweet that was like, great, now we can go back to oppressing people privately and politely like we used to and it's like no and yeah people having this erasure attitude that we should just forgive and forget no there's some racist ass people out there that need to be called out and held accountable for the shit that they did so tim mcgraw telling everyone to get along is not it it is not the tone that we should be taking right now exactly we should be like kind of like going back saying fuck compromising let's do things our way because now we freaking can now, uh, here's the question. Are we going to see, especially now that uh, in the next few months, we're going to start seeing the songs churning out from people who were writing them uh, as the election was coming up and in the months afterwards, are we going to see more of this type of message that just gets thrown in there like, hey, let's let's get over it. No, we 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 freaking can't. I think you're definitely going to see that, especially like basically exclusively in country music mm -hmm. yeah not to I, stereotype but yeah <laughs> I, and I, I get it like country is the very stereotypical genre of everything if it's not trucks it's booze it's women and now it's hey let's love our country again mm -hmm. but it could be an interesting maybe there'll be an interesting conversation of yes maybe 
people on one side of the political spectrum will be shouting this message of forgiveness and forgetfulness, but maybe on the other side, maybe it's hip hop artists, maybe it's mm -hmm. rap that'll come out and say kind of like, uh, fuck you, we're not going to forget that quickly. And we're going to hold you accountable to everything that has happened. So there could be this interesting dissonance that happens when all this music starts coming out. Totally. Can you agree. imagine if the Dixie Chicks, or I guess the Chicks now, they put out "I'm Not Ready to Make Nice Again" as a single, <laughs> just as a re. Yes. <laughs> I, you know what? I'd be here for that. Yeah, I or would too. Better yet, have like Carrie Underwood and Marin Morris like do some sort of like duet. Have have the newer generation of women in country but then, but then uh, of course you're gonna get into the argument then about uh, the diversity on that song should we also have like an artist say like mickey guyton who is uh, a, a black country artist should she be on that song as well and i'd say absolutely absolutely love her voice yeah definitely and just in terms of representation we need yes. more representation in in country music especially so yeah, yeah those should be the people that are getting lifted up uh mm -hmm. to share this message for sure yeah, hundred percent. All right, here, kind of going back into the pop space and going back to another new single from a band that I've really been following a lot over the past year, Pale Waves. Back with uh, the next single off their new album called "Easy." Bit of a different direction for this new album, but even though it's not the sound that drew me into them in the first place, I still love it. The vocal style is very interesting to me. It almost reminded me of the cores, if you're familiar with yeah. that. Go yes. on, go on, <laughs> leave me breathless. It references the cores at least three times a week. So, <laughs> oh yeah, I love me some cores. It just, the vocal styles, I don't know if it's just the coincidence that they're both from the UK, that that's a thing to do that warbly kind of thing in the voice. But that was the first thing that stuck out to me. But I liked it. Yeah, yeah I love that you mentioned it. I, I kind of noticed that now too. I, I don't mind the uh, the vocals on it. I found as a song itself for such an album art that seems like they're supposed to be an edgy teenager in the halls of a high school. I found the song very weak. It's soft. It's a yeah. soft song for sure. It is, but I find it kind of like goes back to that like early 2000s pop rock Totally. Like kind of like mm -hmm. a little bit of Vanessa Carlton, a little bit of early Avril Lavigne. And thinking out loud, it kind of makes me feel a little bit old that that is now where people are drawing nostalgia from. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. It could just be like all the one hit wonders of the 90s. <laughs> That's a good point. Speaking good of one point. hit wonders that are still making music, though, Lana Del Rey. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Chemtrails Over the Country Club, which is uh, also the uh, the title track from her next album. Uh, it's typical Lana Del Rey. Yeah. As, a, as a, a, a sad white woman who loves astrology, I know I'm supposed to love Lana Del Rey, and I just, I just can't. I just can't. I feel like there's a lot of people that are in that same boat, though, and you get that with... Um, those very polarizing artists. You either love them or you hate them. There is no in between. And then you're just like, why do I actually hate them? I have no reason. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the same boat too. Right from the start, I never really liked Lana Del Rey. Like I, I even remember like saying a lot back uh, back when we were both at Nate Bailey. Like I, I was like very on the record about not liking her music, and. This title, especially Chemtrails Over the Country Club, that is just like so 
cringeworthy to me. <laughs> I don't really have any other way to say it. Like she's trying to be controversial and interesting with it, but is it really that interesting? Like, yeah. I get like, if you talk to people that write music, usually they're the fans of Lana Del Rey. They say that she's a great uh, songwriter. She does really interesting stuff, but it all just sounds the same. And even just from a technical standpoint, she doesn't have a very diverse musical range. No. So it's always in this middle spot that's very repetitive. Like I can do Lana Del Rey, I can do one or two songs, but if you try to sit down and listen to a Lana Del Rey album, it all sounds exactly the same. And also why the hell is every song four and a half to five minutes long? Like that is too long, it is unnecessary. Unnecessary. I, I mean, that, I, I've always been like the kind of person to like defend song length. I mean, yeah four to five minutes for each song for a pop. Yeah. But I don't know. That's like the least of my criticisms. My main thing is like her music insists upon itself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I'm, uh, I'm just going to take, um, take the charge here on blaming the chain smokers for our hatred of Lana Del Rey for referencing summertime sadness and selfie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot that that song came out after that. After yeah. Summertime time Sadness. Yeah. That one's that is a banger though. The remake of some remake of Summertime Sadness is a banger. Like when we're allowed to go back to the bars, I will cool. get up and I will dance to that song. But I'm also at a place that anything could get me up to dance at a bar if we're allowed <laughs> to dance at a bar. I, know, I just want to go to a bar. <laughs> right? I just want to be where the people are and not be afraid of catching their diseases. Exactly. Well, outside of the ones that you used to be able to catch at the bar, but yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I want to be part of that pre-pandemic world. Uh, and this is coming from Tim, who's typically an introvert. <laughs> I mean, and, and now he's like, like I want to go out. Me. That's, I'm good. But... He's like, I want to go out to the bars with everyone again. Why? <laughs> yeah, I just want to get hammered and sing karaoke again. Is that too much to ask? No, no, not at all. Um, Charlotte Cardin has a new song out, which is also a uh, very awkward song title, Daddy. Super awkward. Why is it awkward? <laughs> Why? As a straight cis white man. <laughs> You don't like daddy? You don't want someone to call you daddy? Oh, God. No. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> I don't know. Some people are into that shit. And, it is uh, not for me. Them. Yeah. No. Yeah, the infantilization is always a little bit. It's a no for me. <laughs> yeah. It is definitely a, a major no for me. Could you imagine Although, having to sell this on the radio, though? Like, <laughs> there are some songs like that where you just feel fucking stupid when you oh. have to say that. Like, God. we still play 50 Cent, and it's it's in our log as in the club, but I oh, refuse. Yeah. I'm like, I have to say in the club, which is also just as embarrassing, but it's just, ugh, there's just some things you shouldn't have to say on the radio. Yeah. By the way, should all sex puns be called daddy jokes? <laughs> Get out. Like no, thank you. No, I'm thank not you. here for that at all, Tim. Yeah, but I mean, title aside, this is actually a pretty decent song. As someone who didn't know who she was before uh, listening to this playlist of songs, I'm definitely interested to dive deeper and check out what else she does. She She's more popular in the, the, the Francophone music world in Quebec. 
Okay. And uh, I know Passive Aggressive is um, one of her latest singles that actually did hit some of our stations in particular. Um, And that one I found very melancholy in comparison to this. This one's a little bit more funky. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of funk to it, I, but it's still laid back. Very laid back. Totally. Yeah. It almost seems like a, a summer road trip kind of song. Oh, yes. Another thing that we can look forward to and miss and hope yeah. for someday. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. you can still do road trips just, you know, alone, which isn't as fun. And not go anywhere. Don't talk to anybody. Don't stay anywhere. And then go back to your house. <laughs> <laughs> or here's the thing like here in Alberta it was uh for Christmas it was okay you can go if you're a single person that lives alone you can go to one event for Christmas uh but you cannot stay at your parents place <laughs> you would have to get a hotel <laughs> yeah. yeah we were not supposed to travel anywhere here in BC either who knows how many people actually listen to that and then- I mean good job to everyone for hiding it <laughs> Some people better than others, but yes. okay, Alberta, can we please talk about those COVID ads? What in the actual fuck? Those are terrifying I'm ads. fucking aware. Scott <laughs> is just nightmare fuel. Oh my okay, God. But which is worse, that or the talking pineapple from Telefrancais? Oh. I'll take the talking pineapple, thank you very much. I, yeah, if the choice behind door, door number one and door number two, uh, I'm going to take the pineapple as well. Je suis une anana. <laughs> oh. J.P. Sachs and Marin Morris, line by line. On that note. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on. <laughs> yeah. And this song is so much better than If the World Was Ending. Oh, If the world was ending also came out right at the wrong time because the world legitimately then did end as we know it. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I never want to hear that song ever again. But, you know, in general, I like his voice. I like his music. So let's forget about that and stick with this masterpiece. This is a great song. Uh, I don't know. J.P. Sachs, he's just the king of sad boy music to me. And I'm just like so done with being sad. So I'm just like, I'm just not here for it right now. I feel like this would have a better chance of getting on country radio just because of the Marin Morris feature on it. And it does kind of fit that um, what we get a lot recently with the Canadian country vibes as well. Yeah, I I did notice a little bit of a country vibe, but I don't know. Even though I'm definitely the kind of person who thinks that country musicians should stay in their lane, Marin Morris has also kind of done a good job of crossing over. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I, I'm definitely on the fence about that one though. Yeah, another uh, another sad song here. From, this time from the Foo Fighters, you know. But I'm 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 not minding this one as much as some of the others that are on this list. Like, I mean, every time we do one of these lists lately, there seems to be a Foo Fighters song on it. But with this one, it kind of reminded me more of like Big Me Foo Fighters versus Everlong. Yeah. Yeah, that I pretty much I also kind of feel like that song Waiting on a War it really like sums up the tone of the last 4 years and that build up at the end that's like okay we're past all the nonsense good stuff is coming here we go here we go bring it on. Yeah. Well, and I read the backstory on it as well and Dave Grohl said that he was um driving his 11-year-old daughter to school one day last fall and she asked, "Dad, are we going to have a war?" And it really like 
threw him back to when he was that age and thinking about all the issues that were going on at that time. And he's like, you know what? That, that's the thing is as kids, it's kind of like, is it going to happen? And they're terrified, way more terrified than us adults. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, uh, the message is very clear there as to what Dave Grohl is getting at. And I mean, good on him for it. Absolutely. We got another cover for, uh, for this show. Uh, Haley Williams covering Massive Attack Teardrop. There's a lot of oh, covers I, on this. I wasn't aware <laughs> that this was a cover. Okay, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, have you ever watched House? I have not. Okay, yeah, this song was used as the the theme song for that show. So oh, a lot okay. of people know it from that from uh, from there. But I, I've been I've been listening to Massive Attack off and on since high school, and I think that Haley Williams really did this song justice. I'll take your word for it because all I was just bored listening to this song. <laughs> I was just bored. I, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. I like I'm much like Bailey here. I love Haley Williams' voice. Uh, I love her Beautiful musical voice. style, just everything. But this did nothing for me other than the powerful notes that uh, she holds in it. Fair enough. In it's that just case- very, yeah, it's just very like one way all the way through. And the whole time you're like, it's building to something, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's going to be a big crescendo, right? And then the song ended and it went on to the next thing on the list. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Well, that's that. (laughs) The original version of the song actually has that crescendo and that buildup and it actually does pay off. So no payoff in this one. Yeah. So next time you have a rainy day or you're feeling really bored, put on like an actual Massive Attack album, like start with Blue Lines, work your way forward. You're in for a real treat. Another one that really didn't do much for me, there was not really a big payoff, is the new DaBaby one, uh, Masterpiece. I know, it really didn't live up to the title, but, you know, at the same time, it's hard for me to talk about hip-hop because I know very little about that, Mm -hmm. so... His delivery, yeah... His delivery is great on it. He's got mm-hmm. a great cadence and rhythm to the way I love how he raps. But yeah, the song itself didn't really do too much for me personally. Now, either. did he uh, did he have his one for mainstream with Rockstar? Is he now just done or? Well, he do- is featured on that new Dua Lipa song, True. Levitating. And that line on there is amazing. It's probably, yeah, some of the best, uh, one of the best feature songs over the last year and a bit. But yeah, it'll really be interesting to see if anything version. else so good uh mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if anything else makes it onto the pop stations though you know it's it's a tough one to crack especially with rap exactly uh, here in canada it's very unfortunate and you would think over the last year we would be getting better with representation and playing music that is quote unquote urban but there's still a long long way that needs to go before that stuff really i read uh i think it was one of the emails that came through from one of the consultants or whatever that uh have their mailing lists and they were actually giving kudos uh i think to one of the stations uh they completely just changed their urban coding and it's not urban anymore it's r&b it is one thing yeah like we really yeah we shouldn't be using the term urban Mm -hmm. anymore to define music and it is yeah it is frustrating that we have these separate categories for these songs that like okay they'll play but only after six o'clock or before 6 a.m. Or and that's really not too many in the same uh, same group. Like, I think we had totally. we had that at one point where it was like, oh, let's try to not play more than one urban song in a five song set. 
Yeah. And I think that not only should we just get rid of like, even like the R and B coding, get rid of that coding and get rid of the option of having the, the songs without the feature. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like have, have it be like edited as much as it needs to be, but don't like get rid of an artist's contribution. I, uh, I also get into the argument sometimes, or I did at one point, I got into the argument with people even over Drake for that matter. And Drake's like one of the most mainstream, quote unquote, urban sounding artists that there is. Mm -hmm. But yet I still had that fight with them so often. And I just do not get it in this day and age. I think It'll it's just that small town kind of vibe. I guess. Totally. It'll be interesting to Especially see kind Alberta. of what this. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but hey, even here in Victoria, we've been told that there isn't a market for that music, which I think is a crock of shit. But that's what has been said to us. Wow. And the thing to me is you have to make the demand for it. How do people know what they don't want to hear if you're not even giving them the option to hear it in the first place? Exactly. Like hip hop is the driving force for popular music. And it has been for almost 20 years, mm -hmm. if not way longer. Well, like, and even in the latter number of years here, how many um, hip hop songs do you see climbing up the charts on the streaming services? Mm hmm. Especially with uh, TikTok being so yeah. popular and those songs are really taking off on TikTok. Like I think a couple of years ago, we never would have heard someone like Doja Cat on top 40 radio, but now even she's Baby everywhere. for that matter. Absolutely. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see, especially from a radio perspective, the next kind of almost generation of program directors and music directors that come up, like people our age who mm -hmm. start being in charge of making those decisions, I think it'll be very different because no offense, but yeah, those uh, 50, 60 year old program directors, are they really making the right decisions for say pop music stations? They're a little disconnected. Maybe a little bit, maybe, maybe a little bit. That's why for the most part, I was happy when I was just kind of left alone, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry though, one day you will get that chance again. Oh yeah. Uh, speaking of Doja Cat, Ariana Grande, Doja Cat, and Megan Thee Stallion. So good. This yeah. song is so, the so good. The remix, uh, so awesome. Like this Making is the sexy again. <laughs> <laughs> again, was it in the first place? Debatable. Oh, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I love this remix. Uh, both Megan the Stallion and Doja Cat really because you know there's sometimes you get you find out that a collaboration is happening and it doesn't contribute in any way like the 24k golden mood remix mm. with Justin Bieber unnecessary yes, totally not good totally. didn't do anything to add to the song whereas this really does take it to that next level it really does like I went back and listened to the original 3435 and yeah, they just, they sound all almost like completely different songs. Like I would listen to like this and if they were to like slap that as the, the bonus track on the deluxe edition of positions, I'd still say, you know what? This still, this still sounds really good. And yeah, it still it, sounds like a cohesive album. It does also, obviously this version versus the original takes it in a different direction because the original is more subtle. 
If you don't yeah. do the math, you don't know what it's about. You have to listen closely to be like, oh, Ariana Grande is talking about doing anal right now. Or she's <laughs> talking about just like fucking on the couch all night. You know, it's very, very subtle. Whereas Doja Cat and Megan the Stallion bring it more like, yeah, we're talking about fucking and we're going to talk about the kind of fucking we're going to do tonight. So it does take it in a very different direction. But I like the direction that it's that it goes into. Absolutely. <laughs> Going back into the, more of a hard rock direction, a new one from Chevelle with Self-Destructor, which I felt the production of this was kind of off. You uh, you say hard rock, but I would say this is kind of like, it would satisfy both those people who are like the metalheads, yes, but also just moderate rock fans at the same time. Yeah, and that, that's basically what I mean. Like this is definitely like, radio perfect radio rock right here from chevelle but the vocals seemed kind of quiet here um yeah i guess i'm not as much of a hard rock fan to make that uh, uh make that point and to think about that but I, now that you say it yeah yeah it's just that it i know it's it's very nitpicky of me to say it and it's like, it goes into the production of it itself. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like it just needs to have like that extra oomph. But I did like the piano at the end. I didn't even make it to the piano, honestly. Really? I'm sorry. 30 seconds is amazing. Oh, I just, I have this thing where Tim sends me like six minute songs and usually by like minute four, I'm out. <laughs> You're missing yeah. out, my dude. Song length. You know what? Not every song. There are very, very few songs in this world that need to be over three and a half minutes. Coming from a pop perspective, that might be controversial, but really edit, edit, edit. All right. That is, that's where we will agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> also, but I, I will say for timing out purposes, please release like some four minute songs sometimes, please, especially country. <laughs> uh, and, and then we go into some more covers like Hidden, Juicy M, Christy Young's and the Crush Boys with Like a G6. I didn't think you can make this song worse. <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> totally agree with you. Oh God. It's you know what, so bad. You know what I always say, Tim, and it's uh, the notion of the original is always better. And somehow that does apply to like a G6 as well. <laughs> See, I actually enjoyed this version. You're Why? weird, man. <laughs> I know I, I'm super weird because like I, and I hated this song when it first came out. Because, you know, I was still like expanding my taste in music. And at the time I was very much like, oh, I'm too good for pop. You were like but, this edgy 17 year old that was like, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah. As someone that knew Tim in high school. Yes. That was who Tim was in high school. <laughs> yeah. I, and I wasn't even that good at it. <laughs> he, was, he just tried like doing as much to get by. Fake it till you make it. Aren't we all? Aren't we all doing that really right? though? We are all. <laughs> yeah, oh. but you know, speaking of edgy, oh god, we come to this. I think probably <laughs> the only band with dudes who could get away with covering this song. We got Bro Job covering WAP. They really got me with the name. I was like, oh, bro job. That's funny. I like that play on words. And then when the cover started, I'm like, oh, it's a cover of WAP. Okay. 
okay. this is what we're doing now. And just no, get it off my computer, please. Oh, yeah. It's a little late to do a WAP cover, like probably like three or four months late for it to be socially acceptable to do covers. Uh, And like, I had a phase in like the 2013, 2014, when I would listen to metal covers and emo covers of pop songs. I'm like, oh yeah, this is a fun way to redo this. This Mm -hmm. gives me that vibe, but like, it's just so grating on the ears. Like it doesn't do anything for the song, really. Absolutely. It is definitely too late. And as someone who regularly listens to this kind of stuff, yeah, it, it isn't even their best song. Could you imagine like Cardi B's reaction when like one of her metalhead friends like just like slipped her the link into her DMs? <laughs> and she was like, no. <laughs> Trying to even imagine Cardi B having a metalhead friend is a bit of a, a stretch, honestly. There's always that one, Bailey. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Everyone's got to have one. But I don't uh, know. I kind of want to hear her version of We Are the Boyfriend Stealers, though. Is that a bro job song? It is. (laughs) That's funny. I do kind of, I don't like metal music, but I'm kind of curious to check them out because I was like, bro job, who is this? Did a quick Google search. And the first thing was like the gayest deathcore band you've ever heard. And I'm like, okay, maybe I could get behind this. Yes, (laughs) we love representation. You could probably make a whole episode of Glad You Came by reading their lyrics. Ooh, that's a fun idea. Maybe that'll be the next version of the podcast instead of just erotica novels. It's erotic songs. Yeah, well, I I wouldn't say so much as erotic as, like, toxic masculinity in a parody kind of way. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm not sure if it's, like, meant to be a joke or if it's serious. It's, like, one of those bends that just kind of blurs that line, but that's what makes it so interesting. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. For sure. Now going into something a little, well, a lot less intense with a new one from Alan Walker called All Above. I feel like I've heard this beat somewhere before. Oh yeah. I I, I can't place it, but I've heard it. It's got like that kind of disclosure kind of sound to it. Like this this song scratches a very specific itch for me. And I basically just call it shopping music. Like, it's the kind of stuff that you'd hear kind of in the background while you're over at, like, H&M or something, picking out a new shirt. Yeah, just ill-offensive, kind of able to blend into the background music. Yeah, but as, like, derivative as it can be sometimes, I still I still enjoy it. It helps me focus on things. There's a place for it, for sure. Yeah. Maybe we can... Uh you know, petition some of these big companies that have their on hold music to actually put the Alan Walker song in and get rid of like Vanessa Carlton, a thousand miles. I don't know how many times I've heard that (laughs) while waiting to talk to somebody. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. The Muzak, the Muzak needs to get an upgrade. Yes, please. 100%. Uh, Royal Blood and Typhoons. Oh, I'm so happy that they're going in this direction. I've I've known about Royal Blood for a few years now, but this is the song. This is the track that makes me a fan of them. I love this super dancey direction that their music is going in. It's got a great hook. This is to me this is the first great rock song of 2021, if not the whole decade. I would agree with you on that. You know, sometimes you have to listen to a song a few times to warm up to it and really like it. But right out the gate, you're like, oh, this is a great song. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. I, I was on board with that as well. Like just, it's so groovy and I'm like, okay, I haven't really heard much. Like I have heard of Royal blood and some of their stuff, but I haven't really dived into their catalog at all. And then I hear this right out of the game. I'm like, okay, that's made me wanting to hear more. Honestly, like something like this and the song that they put out before this trouble's coming, it could almost have a home in top 40. Like it, it doesn't sound too out of place there mm-hmm. either. Totally. Yeah, there's definitely, depending on where it picks up, say if it does pick up on a TikTok, there's a very good uh, possibility that it could get onto Top 40 Radio. Because that's how we're doing all our ads in 2021. <laughs> Honestly, though, it's ridiculous. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> but I kind of love don't it have at a the TikTok same time. Yet, but I imagine that eventually I'm probably just going to have to get it just because I need it for work. Absolutely. Like I don't like making content for it, but I love consuming content on it. And it is the thing of you want to stay relevant with what music is popular right now. You kind of have yeah. to be on TikTok. Yeah, totally. Luckily, I have Scott here who just sends me every good TikTok. So I don't have to seek them up myself. <laughs> That's good friendship. That is a good friendship. It, it used it to is. be memes. Now it's TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> but really, it's just kind of the new variation. It's yeah. just the new version of memes, which is it's an it's incredible like yeah i don't understand tiktok but some people that are doing it and are doing it so well it is a chef's kiss yeah i i kind of see it as like it fills the void that vine left behind but gives you a little more wiggle room well you're also not constrained to seven seconds yeah yeah so i mean and that might be why the the music is getting popular on tiktok is because you're actually getting through the hook and getting the 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 meat of the song as well versus on on vine where you would just be left with maybe the hook if that Mm -hmm. yeah or like two seconds in the case of um of hide and seek by amajin heap (laughs) (laughs) well it's even you could have like a whole separate conversation about copyright how interesting that like every other platform is so sticky on copyright like youtube you even hum a song it gets demonetized you try and put any of that stuff on instagram it gets taken down but that's the whole point of the app is to have the music in there and have it played and repurposed so i think that's also why tiktok is doing so well and thriving Although, compared to we, other apps. Can we normalize on TikTok? Uh, and I guess it kind of is the same argument uh, when it comes to you know Netflix in Canada versus the US. There are some songs that should in theory be available on the app, but if you upload a video of it and it's not available in Canada, it gets taken down immediately. Like as somebody who uploads radio content, I've had to like tighten up how close I'm... Uh, I'm coming to my intros and outros. And I think like that conversation kind of stems into like a larger one about copyright in a globalized society. Like instead of like having every individual country's individual copyright laws, there needs to be something where it's just like universal. So we don't have to like go through cutting too many corners just to like get the content that we want why is this allowed in tanzania but not in canada (laughs) (laughs) which is a question that i have sometimes (laughs) right (laughs) it's funny because it's true (laughs) oh we got a another one of the covers this time years and years with a cover of the pet shop boys it's a sin yeah, uh, I'm a firm believer when it comes to covers. If you're going to do a cover, 
sure, make it your own. I'm totally down with that, but still play homage to the original and years and years didn't do that here. They completely slowed it to sin down. Yeah, I was surprised that they did that, especially considering like how dancey both bands are and mm -hmm. considering they even collaborated together before. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were going for here, honestly. Well, I know that this is used on, well, the lead singer, he's also an actor and he has this new show of the same name. So I think that's like the theme song for it. So I think that's why it slowed down. Mm -hmm. The vocals are beautiful on it. I do love how years and years sounds. I love his voice, but yeah, it's just kind of there. Again, yeah. another yeah. kind of like background song, put it on. You won't want to change it, but you won't notice it when it switches to the next song. And that's the thing. And we, we kind of mentioned that there was a lot of slower songs on this list. And I know that's the type of song that we get in winter all the time because everybody wants the dancey upbeat stuff as we're getting into summer but can we please for love of everything sacred and holy especially with what fucking went on in the last year start getting some more upbeat stuff now please well i think we are please. starting to get a little bit of that now especially with this new one from uh, jason derulo and adam levine with <laughs> lifestyle jason derulo doing everybody's uh, who works in radio's job for them since 2009 Pretty much. <laughs> Jason Derulo. Don't even have to intro him. I, I hear a, a radio host intro Jason Derulo. I'm like, what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> Rookie mistake. Yeah. Rookie mistake. Yeah. We were um the other night, uh, we're we're getting ready as a radio station to do some online music bingo with some listeners. And Savage Love came up and we're like, oh, we gotta find a different clip from Savage Love because obviously he just gives it away right away, gives you that score. Yeah on the music bingo card, but it works for him though. Obviously now he has to do it. If he doesn't, then people are like, what the fuck? You didn't do the thing that you do in every one of your songs. So he has to do it till the day that he dies. And this is going to be one because he's, uh, he's suddenly become a big TikTok star as well. This is going to be one of those TikTok songs. Yep. Yeah. I, what did I write down in my notes for this one? I said, I hate it. But uh, I can't deny the fact that we'll probably be playing this song in a few weeks. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's just, ugh. And but I, also, and you, where was this song 10 years ago when it would have been way more relevant? Jason Derulo was making other stuff. That is the one thing you have to give Jason Derulo credit for. He's really good at reinventing himself. Like, this yeah. is the fourth time that he's come back to be kind of a top-tier artist. I remember a couple of years ago... Uh, the station I was working for put together a festival at the PE in Vancouver, and Jason Derulo was the big headliner for that. And it was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a bit of a fall from grace for Jason Derulo. But now you look at him, if we tried to book him now for something like that, there's no way that you'd be able to get him. God, no, that would be way too much money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely an interesting career trajectory there. We also have a new one from Silk City and Ellie Golding, and I love this song. I, I also think songs can do no wrong if they have Ellie on them. Like she's just awesome in general, and I'm loving the '80s nostalgia on this one too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Silk City, they are really good at that, and I really hope they actually get around to putting out a full album before, because like they've only been doing singles, but every one of the singles that I've heard from them are wonderful. But I would make an argument, do people even need to put out albums anymore? 
with the way that we consume music, it's not really necessary, especially for DJs. Uh, well, okay, I see on the DJ side of things, but I'm going to counter argue there and say that, that there's still hype surrounding the albums coming out. Now, take it back to the country side of things. Uh, the big name out there right now is Morgan Wallen, and he just dropped Dangerous, the double album, a couple of weeks ago. And the hype around that, and I will go right out of the gate and say, so far, best album of 2021. I think it's going to stay that way. Yeah, and I still very regularly listen to full albums. Yeah, I guess it makes sense for depending on the genre. Yeah. But to me, for DJs and especially these guys, they're putting out they're putting out singles. They're putting out hits to be played on the radio. Like they're not go to me they're not going in the studio to make those B-sides and those deep cuts. You and know? they're and they're doing the collaborations and then also going and doing their own thing, right? Cuz like Silk City is Diplo and Mark Ronson. Yeah, they're busy guys. Yeah, they're still doing their own thing, but just collaborating on this project. Yeah. Totally, which is fair. But I, I'm still like the I'm still the kind of guy who likes having like everything in one place. Like even if they don't make an album, like at least make a collection of the singles so I can have something to put on my CD shelf. Your or, CD shelf? Yeah, Are I you what still is this? Two thousand and six? Yeah. <laughs> Do you own something that still plays CDs? Um, yeah, I still have a stereo and also Blu-ray players play CDs. You know also, what? But Blu-ray players, like me and my boyfriend tried to play a movie the other night and we had to like go into our basement and get our <laughs> DVD player out to do it because it's just nothing plays discs anymore. Honestly, like everything's on here and I've just got my phone Bluetooth to my sound bar. Exactly. I still like having physical objects to hold in my hands. That's all. I I am a you vinyl collector. You literally have a phone. <laughs> I agree. Like I agree with you on vinyl, but to me, CDs, it's not the same. Like yeah. it's not the same kind of experience. Yeah, I, I'll disagree with you there. As somebody who does <laughs> want to get a record player, though, like I'm 100% on board with the vinyl part of things. That to me is yes. That to me is a special experience. That is the the whole thing of it. You go to the store mm -hmm. back when we could touch things. You go through the you go through the records. You find the one. You pull it out, and then there's something fun about taking it home, taking it out, and just like playing it on your record player is just a, such a special experience. But to me, it's not the same with a CD. It's like you grab the diamond thing, you plop it out, and it makes the weird plastic sound, and then you put it in there. It's just not as doesn't have the weight to it, both literally and metaphorically when you play a CD, in my opinion, in my opinion. That's fair. I do see where you're coming from though, but no, I still like it. And not only that, but CDs are much more affordable now. So that's oh, mainly why I get them. Totally. Like, yeah. do people just give them to you for free now because you're the only person in the store <laughs> taking them? No, not yet. Soon though. <laughs> oh, then man, when that happens, fun. I'll be on the street. Tim, thank you for having me. I know you're never going to have me on again because all I'm doing is just roasting you the entire time. So but this is what I, I don't mind. Love, so, and this is my <laughs> Zoom call, so I'll make whatever happen. <laughs> that's all right. You know, just different perspectives. That's all. Tim's used to getting roasted, so this is yeah. this is nothing new. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm the weird one. Sean Frank and Tony Romero with Crazy. The more Sean Frank puts out new music, the more I enjoy it. Like his earlier stuff, I wasn't big on, but his last couple of singles, yeah, they're really doing it for me. Yeah, this is good. And again, mm -hmm. I know we'll be playing it on the radio in a couple of weeks, like I, easy. I, I feel like it starts off really well and it's got that hype, but then about halfway through, it kind of you just kind of get lost in it. 
Like it almost seems like it's a little bit repetitive in a way. I get that's kind of the gist of that style of music, but mm-hmm. still like, you, you kind of get lost in the repetitiveness, especially like me. I was, I found myself paying attention to the backing track. I mean, that's not a bad thing either. I, I enjoy getting lost in a song. Depends on the type of loss. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, but I really like this song, and I hope that it gets played not just because it's CanCon, but because it is actually a good song. And I think just on that principle alone, that means it's probably going to get like only a secondary play or something. I don't know. Yeah, it'll definitely get added because it's CanCon. Because oh, yeah. we always need Cam. We always need CanCon, and, and from established is- artists especially, we tend to go with so. Mm-hmm. Totally, which is kind of funny with it being a DJ. Usually, like DJs, you wouldn't have it be defined as like a name that people would know. But I mm-hmm. think, yeah, Sean Frank and say like a loud luxury have gone have done a good job of becoming core artists, even though yes. they themselves, it's not their vocals and it's not identifiable in an easy way, like with a Taylor Swift or a Drake, you know? For sure. 100%. Uh, Weezer, all my favorite songs. <laughs> I enjoyed this, but. I get a I get a major Beatles vibe from it. Are you saying that as a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, it is, it's kind of a good thing, but like it just sounds like Weezer is like definitely like wearing a lot of their influences on their sleeves. I'm curious to hear the rest of this album, but I don't know. It feels like a little too on the nose. I mean, at the same time, it's literally what we've asked for this entire version of the music meeting where you know it's it's a little bit more upbeat than half the stuff on this list yeah even though it is so funny the lyrics are all my favorite songs are sad and slow it like is this just elton john reinvented again (laughs) (laughs) maybe i just couldn't get over the entire time i was listening to this all i I thought about his terrible haircut in the music video like do you think that's actually his hair or is he doing it for attention so that people are talking about it the way like we're talking about it right now i think it could be both yeah i'm gonna go with both he did he he did it he did it at first kind of as an ironic joke and then afterwards he's like you know what i actually don't mind this personally and then somehow decided that's what he was going to do with his head i could kind of see that yeah (laughs) oh boy only Weezer. Only Weezer. Honestly. Yeah. Let's see. We got a new one from Sabrina Carpenter with Skin. I, I enjoyed it, but I feel like she's kind of copying Ariana Grande here. I was going to say, I feel like we've heard this song a million times. Yeah. Yeah. No offense to Sabrina Carpenter, but all of her music is very unoriginal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad, but it doesn't really stand out. I mean, her voice does stand out. She does have that power to it, even on a slow song, on a ballady song like this. Um, but the lyrical content and the backing tracks, it's just all one and the same at this point. The taste level is just not developed there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, and then Curtis Waters... Uh, is back with a new one called Do Do Do. God, talk about songs that are going to make you feel stupid when you back sell them on the radio. <laughs> right. Yeah. Curtis Waters, Do Do Do. Do 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 Do. Just start yeah, playing that, like, like circus kind of, music. Like, tosses me off <laughs> really liking the song, but it's not terrible. I mean, it's it's got some flaws for sure. The intro kind of threw me off, but you know, it's it's not the worst thing I've ever heard. 
It's I mean, it, but it's no stunning. No. Yeah. I, I th- he he gives me one hit wonder vibes, but again, totally. who knows I, if it takes off on TikTok, I'm gonna be Mitch, eating my it probably words. will. <laughs> That's the thing is like it, for musicians that have been able to find the formula and hack the algorithm, you have to give them credit because even if it's not the most creative thing, there is a skill to it. It's like the chain smokers. People can shit on the chain smokers all they want. They found the formula and they made their millions. So they're laughing all the way to the bank. Curtis yeah, Waters could be doing point. the same for sure. Yeah. And even then the chain smokers, like they, they've managed to like have a couple songs that I don't mind listening to. Can we stop having closer get shoved down our throats, please? Oh no. That's going to be a gold <laughs> song forever. Oh, we Jesus. ain't never getting older. Oh. We ain't never getting older. Fuck off, Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure. Now I'm going to get kicked out of the zoom call. I see how it is. Scott. <laughs> oh good times good times had by all we got uh really cool collaboration with lewis the child coin and the Knox remixing self-care and i i listened to the original version and listening to this one it does like kind of the same thing that uh the ariana grande remix that we were talking about earlier like it just brings it to that next level and makes this song great I, it goes back to what we were saying earlier, but God, I can't wait to go to clubs again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'm even looking forward to like actually like putting in work beforehand, like actually like putting on something nice before I go out. Oh, that'll be the day just to have a reason to not wear sweatpants. It'll be so nice. But you know what? I'm totally down with wearing sweatpants still every day. <laughs> well, I'm sure when people go back to the bars, you'll see like someone's going to be wearing a sweatsuit. Someone's going to be wearing a tie-dye sweatsuit in the bar. It's going to be a thing. Did you not see the story a few months ago about how they created um, suits that are actually made out of just like cotton material? So it looks like it's uh, it is a suit, but it's sweatpants really at the end of the day. <laughs> no, but that's amazing. I right? love that. That sounds a lot like the suit jammas from How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> I've never yeah. seen that show, so I'll just be like, yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, it's a show I got way too invested in, and the ending just completely ruined it for me. I, I'm re-watching it because I'm ready to get hurt again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're you didn't really miss out on much, Bailey. So I've been told. So uh, I'm yeah. told. <laughs> I I mean, it it like Tim said, it was good for the most part. Like it was funny and was great, uh, just in general up until the end. And then it's just like, fuck, why did you do this to me, guys? Well, there are there are so few shows that have a good series finale. Like, let's be completely honest. Like, I don't think anyone, when they're talking about their favorite episode of their favorite show, is going to say that it was the series finale. It's, True. It's yeah, a tough it's thing usually to do. like halfway through season three, I think, where all the favorites are. Yeah, it, that's it's also just the flaw of American television that they just beat the stories into the ground. Like, we don't need fourteen seasons of shows, and that's like in like in the UK in the BBC sure you might get mad that Fleabag was only two seasons but it's two perfect seasons you know well I mean even when you compare the two versions of the office like Mm -hmm. the office American version was what nine seasons and then uh, the UK version was only a couple 
and people critically say that the UK version is better than the North American version. Personally, I didn't really get into it, but I'm not uh, that big on British comedy, so... It is its own thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's its own world. And then, of course, you have the shows that are good starting off, but only last for, like, one season. Like, Pushing Daisies or Firefly. And they always just, like, leave you hanging because they get cancelled after the season ends, and then you're like, well, shit, guys. <laughs> What yes. happens now? <laughs> uh, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, speaking of wanting to hurt yourself again, I've started rewatching Freaks and Geeks and it's just like, oh God, this show was so fucking good and it just kills that it didn't get renewed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. who knows? Maybe there will be like a like 10, 10 20 years later thing. Because I'm sure that, you know, all the, uh, everyone, uh, at least from the cast of that show still hangs out. So maybe, you never know. Yeah, I've heard Judd Apatow say that he would be wanting to bring it back in some capacity, but who knows? Who knows? Yeah, yeah who knows at this point? Uh, anyway, we should get back into music talk. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've gone off on eight tangents now. Uh, Birdie and Surrender. I found this actually very pleasing to listen to, very stripped back. I, I kind of thought that this was a country song for a second, though. It's the same sad girl shit vibes for me at this point, but like, don't get me wrong. In this instance, her voice matches the music wonderfully. Yeah, like at least there's like difference in notes, unlike Lana Del Rey. There's flow. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Still pretty decent. Too sad for my taste, but eh. I have a lot to say on the next one. Blake oh, Shelton too. and minimum wage. So I am simply going to start off by saying that he has publicly come out and said that this song, yes, is about his love for Gwen Stefani. But I have a feeling there's just a few better metaphors for your love for Gwen Stefani than making minimum wage. Yeah. <laughs> Especially down Blake in Shelton's the States when it's seven bucks an hour. <laughs> Also, Gwen Stefani is an icon. She is stunning. She is too good for Blake Shelton. So uh, she's worth way more than minimum wage. Yeah. I'm actually, you know what? I'm surprised that she's not featured on this song because it seems like every song recently that Blake has done has Gwen on it in some way, shape or form. Uh, The last two major radio hits, uh, Happy Anywhere and Nobody But You, again, both had Gwen on. I'm still surprised that they are in a relationship. I wonder if she also saw through his bullshit with this one, though. (laughs) It was like, no, I'm not going to have anything to do with that one, buddy. (laughs) I hope so. Oh, yeah, it's... I have a feeling because it's Blake Shelton and it's that established name, it is going to get played the shit out of, but it's not good. But does he ever put out a good song? Let's just, can I be honest with <laughs> you? Holy shit. <laughs> Bailey's just coming for Blake Shelton. <laughs> He's the worst. I mean, it is like, a good point. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I did a bit just a couple weeks ago. Do you, uh, y'all realize that it's been 20 years since Blake Shelton dropped his debut single, Austin? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 20 years. 20 years. 
20 years. Also to me, it is very annoying when country musics or anyone kind of does this like, oh, I'm still relatable. You know, I totally get what it was like to make minimum wage. And you're like, no, you don't. You don't remember remember making seven fucking dollars an hour. No, like be honest, just be honest with the music that you're making. Like, that's the thing is like a big criticism I have for country music in general is this like, oh yeah, blue collar, totally relatable. I'm out there uh, mucking the pig pen and then getting into my truck and going and living my life. No, all these country musicians, they live in these big ass mansions making insane amounts of money. They're not wearing Kirkland jeans when they go to the grocery store. Like they're not relatable people. People, but they're trying to make relatable music. But like Kirkland's even too rich for some people. <laughs> Y'all just don't go to Walmart <laughs> get ten dollar pairs of jeans. <laughs> That's true. I mean, Never I used to, that. but then I finally got a good pair of jeans. Good for you, Tim. Good where are you? you? Where are you getting your jeans from these days? Going on another tangent. Let's have a jean tangent. <laughs> okay, Warehouse One. Oh, okay. Oh, fancy, fancy. They last durable. Yes. Yes, they do. Uh, Russell Dickerson, another country song. Um, <laughs> while we're on that, Home Sweet. Um, it's run of the mill. Yeah, it's it actually like I find has this basically the same lyrical content as minimum wage but I think does it a little more tastefully. Like it pulls on the heartstrings a little bit more. (laughs) Uh, Just a little bit, just a little bit. Also, it's not really a a huge stretch of a metaphor like minimum wage is. Yeah. But I mean, still, it's, it's better, but only slightly. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, Tim, what are your thoughts on Passenger? I actually didn't mind this one. <laughs> oh, I thought he was going to go off. <laughs> I thought I was going to as well, but no, I listened to the track and I think Ed Sheeran did a really good job like remixing the song. The production is great. I really like the sound overall. I actually like, listened to it a few times. Normally, I hate Passenger's voice, but in this case, I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, I know on the last edition of the music meeting, we were talking about Afterglow and I brought this up that Ed Sheeran was going to be doing this and Tim's like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. So I'm glad you at least liked it at the end of the day. Yeah. At least the payoff was there for me. (laughs) I I was pleasantly surprised, but I still wouldn't consider myself a fan of Passenger. Like, I I don't like the way he sings. It reminds me of Adam Sandler a little bit. Now, here's here's the argument there. Do you think that, and I, I don't know, Bailey, are you a Passenger fan or not? I, I have to agree with Tim. The vocals yeah, okay. are very, very annoying. So we are all in the same boat. I, uh, I'm thinking that might also be because we all work in radio and we all have worked or are working in Hot AC Top 40 radio and Let Her Go was shoved down our throats as well. That's true. There oh, are yeah. those select artists that no matter what they do you just have a visceral reaction like i had with blake shelton Mm -hmm. uh and also jason derulo so it's just yeah there's some people where you're just like i just i can't i just can't but i did like this i do think it's very interesting and an interesting move from ed sheeran to be doing this dj thing so 
yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm uh, I mean, I'm Ed could try what everything. Else he does with it. Because I, I, I don't know. I, I like Ed Sheeran, but I kind of want him to do more than just guy with guitar. But he's yeah. the guy with the guitar. That's I his, know, but there are that, so many other guys with the guitar. That's his shtick, though. And I'm sorry, like when you when you look at the grand scheme of things, and the Ed Sheeran songs that do well are Ed Sheeran with a guitar. I yeah. would have loved to see Galway Girl do better than it did on radio, but that pretty much got put to bed like just weeks after it was added. Totally. Or anything off of the collaborations album, like the one he did with Chance the Rapper. Such mm -hmm. a good song, but was mm -hmm. so disappointed that that did not take off nearly as much as it could have. But it's Fair. like it comes down again to those formulas. You yeah. know what yeah. works? Stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And knowing what works, definitely Tyler Shaw, really good with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to what we were just talking about. Tyler Shaw, all of his, I, I will just go out on a limb here and say pretty much all of his slower stuff has staying power. It's the upbeat stuff that goes away from his formula that doesn't. Yeah. Tyler I Shaw. I don't know though. Dizzy, Dizzy yeah. is still good though. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, you do bring up a good point there. Yeah. And it's the whole CanCon thing, you know, he gets to, he gets a bit of a pass because it's CanCon and it's ill offensive CanCon that it'll get played. And yeah, it's safe to keep it in the playlist because it doesn't really grate on you. But uh, Tyler Shaw is the nicest guy, the sweetest guy, but yeah, his music is just kind of, it's very safe. And yeah, very, yeah. very, it, very. It's generic. something that the Karens won't be pissed off about hearing at eight twenty in the morning. Totally or driving the kids to school. Yeah, pretty much. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, and then. But, we, oh, go on. Well, I was just gonna say it'll be interesting though, like how much longer he has the staying power to be considered a pop artist, and if he's gonna start transitioning into just being more of an AC artist, especially now that he's a dad. Like, I think he'll start making very different music now that he's a father. Oh, hundred percent. I, I would say so. Yeah. And I think he, there, there's, there's gotta be examples of that in history that you can look back to. None of them popping up in my head at the moment, but well, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, that's, that's probably a safe bet right there. Yeah. Not really on the male side of things, but like, say like a, like a Kelly Clarkson True. has made that transition. I think Katy Perry is moving in that direction as well. Pink totally is the the patron saints of mom's music so yeah but yet, the, but yet like artists like pink are uh still loved by everyone really oh totally but it's but you don't really hear pink on top 40 radio anymore no, but you no. hear her on uh ac all the time mm -hmm. yeah and, and uh, just, you know, the random country collaborations she does. <laughs> like the latest with uh, Keith Urban that's out. <laughs> that that yeah, is I'm such still, a weird pairing. It is. I'm, I'm still wrapping my head around that one. Uh, Keith did an interview where he said that uh, when he was coming up with the song and he knew that it was going to be a, a duet, he heard Pink's voice on the track and he's like, this is it. This is the one. <laughs> so sometimes I, it works. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I guess so. Wrapping things up with Billie Eilish. Beautiful song. And this was a really interesting pairing, I think. Uh, with Roselia, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. Anybody know Spanish? No. <laughs> no. 
not even going to try. But I that was something I liked when I heard the fact that Billie Eilish was speaking Spanish on the track. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she was going to sing in English, but speaking it and also singing in another language is so incredibly hard if it isn't something that you are naturally bilingual in. in. So I give her full credit because, yeah, I don't think Billie Eilish is naturally bilingual. So this is really uh, a pleasant surprise. And I love yeah, the harmony for it. actually like putting in the effort to sing and sing Spanish really well. Like mm-hmm. this was such a good song. Yeah. And uh, I love the harmonies on it, honestly. Oh yeah. Billie Eilish can do no wrong. Let's, let's be honest. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. And this is, this song's going to be on the, a new euphoria episode, I believe if I, was I think so. Yeah. Yes. I, I haven't gotten into euphoria yet, but it's one of those shows that I've just heard nothing but good things about that. Like really want to get into. Yeah. Isn't it on uh, HBO or Netflix? It's on HBO and uh, Drake is one of the, I think, executive producers, if I'm uh, remembering That's correctly. weird, <laughs> but also somehow works. <laughs> Dude knows where to put his money, like true. 100%. True. That is true. All right. So out of all of the songs that we've talked about, which one do you think is going to be the biggest hit? Oh, gosh. That's a lot um, of songs to choose from. Oh, I know what it is. It's going to be the 3435 remix, hands down. Oh, now I can't pick the same one she did. Damn it. <laughs> Sorry, Scott. <laughs> um, you know what? I'll go out on a limb and say Silk City and Ellie Golding. Yeah, I think that one's going to do pretty well. Um, let's see. I think in terms of like country music, minimum wage is probably going to be a huge hit. God, I hope not. <laughs> As somebody I'm now really... doing country. <laughs> but I'm really hoping like out of all the songs, Royal Blood Typhoons, I really want that to be a big hit. Like not yeah. just in rock, but just in general, because like this is just a really solid song. Yeah, yeah. And it's always great to get... I know they're not new per se, but they're not established on uh, like the hot AC side or anything like that. So to to see a, a group like Royal Blood come over would actually kind of be pretty cool, especially because it is a new group. Yeah, and I think it would be a really nice breath of fresh air for Top 40 as well. Yeah, we'll see. Every once in a while, there's always those weird blips where rock music will cross over and you'll hear that on a pop station, but who knows? I... I would love for the Silk City song to take over on pop radio, but I don't know. I think it's got too much of a UK sound, unfortunately. Like that I mean, UK that is pop- a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I was really sad when the one they did with Dua Lipa didn't take off more, but it's just, I don't know. We, we've got some uh, maturing to do here in a uh, Canadian radio before I think we're ready for that UK sound on our airwaves, unfortunately. I mean... Yeah, but at the same time, like we're already getting that UK sound thrown into the other stuff anyway. And this sounds no different to me than um, levitating even for that matter in terms of style, really. Maybe, maybe, maybe you, maybe levitating has paved the way that that stuff can have more of a <laughs> Thank spot. you, Dua Lipa. <laughs> thank you, Dua Lipa. Thank yes, you, thank Dua, you Dua, Lipa. Dua Lipa. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your beautiful face and your beautiful body. And just thank you for everything that you do. God. 
getting me through this pandemic if i'm going to be completely honest (laughs) especially after the rolling stone cover and and here we thought it was going to be tiktoks getting her through the pandemic (laughs) yeah future nostalgia that has been like my my yeah well this has been okay we were having this debate i was having yeah can we go on another tangent or are we going to yes. wrap it up? No, we can go on. A, we <laughs> go got on time for tangent. one more. <laughs> okay. Cause I was talking about this with my coworkers and I was curious, curious to see what you guys think. We were talking about which Grammy, which Grammy nominated album of the year is going to take it home. And uh, my boss was saying, he thinks it's going to be future nostalgia. Whereas I'm saying it's going to be folklore hands down. So I'd be curious to see between uh, what you guys think could be that potential album of the year. I have to go look Ooh. at the nominees list again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know. Got, I like again, it's it's sort of the thing of like, are the Grammys even relevant anymore? But it is something that like the music diehards and the industry people still talk about and react. Well, to. I mean, if you're if you're going to completely exclude after hours, then you're begging for irrelevancy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't fault the weekend for being pissed off with that. It'll be really interesting to see, especially now that they've moved the date that uh, the Grammys are supposed to be happening in a couple weeks and now it's not going to happen until I think it's March or even May. It's like the Grammys could be dead after this year just because of the pandemic and because they continue to shoot themselves in the foot by not honoring artists that deserve to be recognized. I'm I'm going back to your original question though. I am going to toss my support behind uh, future nostalgia there. Okay. Yeah, we'll I'm. See what happens. I want to say future nostalgia. I'm also kind of rooting for Hyam too. I knew you I were really gonna like say that. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew. <laughs> well, this has been fun. Um, huge thank you to Bailey Parker for joining us this week, and we hope you'll, we hope you'll come back again sometime. As if you'll have me back, if I'm allowed to roast you and shit on country music, I would love to be back. <laughs> you know what? We'll take it. <laughs> we'll yeah. take what we can get at this point. <laughs> Huge thanks to Bailey Parker for joining us this week. You can listen to her on Virgin Radio Victoria, as well as her own podcast, Glad You Came, which recently finished up its second season, where she reads hilariously bad erotica. We'll link to that in the show notes. Also, a huge thank you to Scott Mitchell for editing and production on this episode again this week. I'm Tim Gavin. Make sure that you give the show a like and follow on social media. Again, more links in the show notes, as well as a full playlist of the songs that we talked about this week. Thanks for listening. Join us next time on The Tim Gavin Show.